Good morning, Orlando. Welcome to Tuesday morning at 6 o'clock here on the 50,000-watt front porch as we give you our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning. Stocks could continue falling today and a historic launch on the Space Coast later this afternoon. Details coming up in one minute. The big stock sell-off, what to think, what to do or not do. Advice from a couple of experts coming right up here on Good Morning Orlando. 601 on News Radio 1025. It looks like stocks could keep falling today after yesterday's record-setting sell-off. Dow futures are taking a dive overnight, dipping as much as 1,000 points before recovering slightly. Futures point to the value of stocks when the market opens. The stock market ended with the worst single-day drop for the Dow Jones Industrial Average in history yesterday. The Dow lost 1,175 points, blowing past the previous record fall of 778 points set in 2008. Right, but it wasn't the greatest percentage because the Dow numbers are so much bigger now. But in terms of the raw point loss... They were losing 100 points a minute for about six minutes yesterday afternoon. It was like an elevator that had cut loose and was in free fall, came back up somewhat. We have experts coming on here, and Gina Cervetti with the Bloomberg Business Report live from New York City, of course, coming up here in about a half an hour. So much to come on the situation with the stock market, Tom. That's right. She'll give us a much closer look at that. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The House Intelligence Committee is signing off on releasing a Democratic memo challenging Republican allegations of surveillance abuses by the FBI. It's now up to President Trump to decide whether the Democratic memo gets released. The Republican memo, which was released late Friday, claimed surveillance abuses by the FBI in its investigation of possible cooperation between the Trump presidential campaign and Russia. I've got some strong feelings on what ought to happen with this Democrat memo, and uh, we'll get into that later in this half hour as well, Tom. All right, jam-packed today. Organizers of the South Korea Winter Olympics are scrambling as fears about norovirus have sidelined more than 1,000 private security staffers. South Korean military personnel are providing security while the private staff undergoes medical tests. Norovirus is a highly contagious disease that causes symptoms that include stomach cramps and vomiting. Organizers are also worried about a cold snap that's moving in. Temperatures are staying below freezing during the day and falling below zero at night. Some people are canceling their tickets for Friday night's opening ceremony. Wow, how about that? History set to be made on the Space Coast this afternoon. That's what an area what an area tourism official says about the Falcon Heavy launch. Liftoff for the most powerful rocket in the world, set for between 1.30 and 4 o'clock at Kennedy Space Center. Space Coast Office of Tourism Director Eric Garvey told Florida Today he expects about half a million people to watch the launch locally. I'll tell you, SpaceX um, Chief uh, Elon Musk, uh, he said one way or another it's going to be exciting. The thing could blow up. I mean, nobody (laughs) knows what's going to happen here today, but history, as you said, will be made, weather permitting, and no technical glitches causing uh, an abort or whatever. That's right, certainly will. WFLA News Time now coming up on 6.05. Read about Girl Scouts selling cookies outside a pot dispensary. Okay. At <laughs> 1025WFLA.com. It's just good business, bud. Oh, jeez. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. 
As noted, Deb's off. Good to have Tom Alexander handling the news duties. He'll be here top and bottom of the hour whenever news breaks. Of course, you can count on that every day here on Good Morning Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Executor producing the show with a million moving parts in it as always and flawless, I am sure, as he almost always is. Yaffe in the control room, and Stephanie, the first voice you will hear when you join the conversation. She's screening calls at 407-916-5400, text line 23680, standard message and data rates apply there. How are you feeling about what happened on the stock market yesterday and when it went into free fall like this? Are you in panic mode? 407-916-5400. Do you think it's just a correction? Do you think it's an indication of something much more serious? Where do you think it's all headed? We can talk it over. I'll give you some expert advice, and it will not come from me, but it will come from some voices with credibility on that issue. And uh, stay tuned. It is coming right up. So, um, Yaffe, by the way, while I'm thinking of it, you're Mr. All Day, All Night. You're prime time tonight. Your show is going to be on WFLA for folks, right? Uh, Yeah, I'm on 8 to 10 p.m. tonight. We'll see what the stock market does today. Hopefully it doesn't make another big dive. If it does, we'll talk about it tonight. We'll talk about maybe why this is happening as well. Okay, fair enough. And he'll be taking your calls as well. Yaffe in primetime and beyond reason from 8 to 10 tonight. I recommend it to you for the best in primetime talk radio right here on WFLA. We'll get into the stock market. We'll get into the Democrat memo and a whole lot more over the course of the next three hours. So glad you are with us. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. The big stock sell off yesterday was amazing to watch how precipitously the fall was in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. That's the average of, of the 30 leading industrial companies on a rotating basis that make up the Dow and have for generations. It was down about 16 points at its worst, bounced back up, closed down 1,175 points. Not by any means the greatest percentage loss ever for the Dow because the numbers are, you know, up in the mid-25,000s right now and have gone way up since Trump became president. But the actual raw point drop was greater than any we've ever seen on the Dow. Now, the Dow, as you'll recall, soared 42% between Election Day for Trump in 2016, November, and its historic peak a week ago went to about 26,400 In the past five trading days, though, the index has erased all of its gains since November. But on the big ride up here, if you've been riding the whole time, even though you've been cut down some here, um, you're still up about 19% from the big increase since Trump took office. At least that would be for the Dow. You may be invested in other things that are performed um, uh, to one degree or another different than that. Uh, What about the White House reaction to this? The president was speaking and touting his you know, the economic recovery in the middle of this big slide yesterday when he was out in Ohio, and his White House spokesman, Raj Shah, said, hey, listen, markets do fluctuate in the short term. We all know that, but the fundamentals of this economy are very strong. They are headed in the right direction. Reinforced after the close yesterday by Sarah Sanders saying that Trump's focus is on our long-term economic fundamentals, which remain exceptionally strong, with strengthening U.S. economic growth, historically low unemployment, and increasing wages for American workers. The president's tax cuts, she said, and regulatory reforms will further enhance the U.S. economy and continue to increase prosperity for the American people. And I think all of that is undeniably true. But this stuff is really scary. And if you're just an average investor here, you wonder what exactly happened yesterday. 
Why the big downturn in recent trading sessions on the stock market? Here's from Fox News Business financial expert Charlie Gasparino. What you have is the market reacting to the possibility of higher interest rates, bigger deficits, uh, leading to even higher interest rates, more inflation because the economy is revving up, and it's trying to digest all that. As it's digesting that, it is getting sick, and you have what we've had over the last couple of weeks. I will say one thing. President Trump did a massive tax cut. When you do something that big, you may get some inflation, but guess what? Corporate balance sheet should be better. We're going to get some job growth. That, and, and our deficit should at some point, when the, when the economy starts growing again in a 3.5% rate, which a lot of people think it will, that deals with the deficit, which keeps down the interest rate. So, you know, this is, in my view, okay, now, uh, I, I'm not an economist. I've, I've been through a lot of these market corrections. But in my view, this thing is temporary. The one thing I will say, someone should tell Trump to stop talking about the markets. It's not a good thing to be touting the market going up because they always correct. I mean, that, from a political standpoint, he should stick to the economy, which obviously is getting better. It's probably pretty good advice from Charlie Gasparino. He's not a, you know, he's not an anti-Trump guy, at least not that I have perceived. But, you know, if you want to own the big upshoot in stock prices, you're going to own the downslide that is inevitable, you know? And, and that's exactly what's going on here, at least from the political standpoint. Probably pretty good advice that the president will never take. <laughs> now, I'm watching Cavuto on Fox yesterday, and he's a big Fox business guy, too, of course. And he had on a guy he's had on before who really has the common man's touch about investments and giving advice. And I think he's worth listening to here. Here is investment expert Larry Wingard, author of Grow a Pair, with some advice for um, those of us who are just average investors. For a regular guy, I would say, let's not panic. Let's not do anything. Let's not make any emotional decisions. I'm an emotional guy, but if we get emotional about our investments and about our money, we're not going to make the right decision. If I go to the craps table every time expecting to win, well, I'm a fool. But if I come into the market every day expecting to win, I'm also a fool. What I've learned over time is if you play craps all the time, you end up a loser. But if you play the market in the long term, eventually it's going to go back up and you'll win. So everybody should take a breath. We all need to stay calm. The rest of the economy is really doing well. And again, I've got regular guys who read my books, regular guys who follow me. And those folks, regular folks, they do have more money right now. Celebrate that. And uh, the wages are up. Celebrate that. And unemployment's down. Celebrate that. Those are all things about our economy that we should be excited about. And if we get emotional about a few days, and yeah, it's probably a correction. I, but again, the experts, uh, they're all saying it's probably a correction and a good thing. But if we get overly excited as the regular guy, this is what I know, we'll make a mistake. So just take a breath, wait it out. Uh, you can always count on capitalism. Your dad was right. And everybody needs to stay calm, especially the individual investor. All right. That's the author, Larry Wingard. Great book, Grow a Pair, on with Cavuto yesterday. Uh, so are you taking a deep breath? Are you calm? You okay with this? Or are you in like full-blown panic mode over what's been going on in recent days with the stock market? What are your thoughts? 407-916-5400. I think there was some good solid advice there. That's why I had Yaffe edit that together in my direction here because I thought it was a couple of things that you might want to hear this morning that might get you a little, at least a little bit settled down and feeling that the world is not ending. Um, 407-916-5400. 
What's your analysis of what's going on here? How are you feeling about it all? And the text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. More on the memo in a moment, but on the big stock market slide down in recent sessions, but the biggest point drop ever in one session yesterday wound up down 1,175 points. Roger, with some thoughts out of uh, Winter Garden. You're on with a Bud Man. Welcome aboard, Roger. Go ahead. Hey, it's a great time to be up. Uh, <laughs> it if is. You look at the stock market. Basically, your your stock market drives up and down. You got a bus driver. There are insurance companies, there are banks, there are different investment houses, and you're the, basically a rider. An individual has very little influence over the market. So when the market's going up, everyone's riding on the bus, having a good time. When it goes down, <laughs> what will happen is a lot of a lot of these institutions will build in a stop loss. So. Uh, my my stock goes up to 110 and it starts to drop. I'm going to sell, and they build it into their computer, so it automatically happens. At 100, I'm going to sell. Well, that doesn't sound like much until you're talking like 50 million, 100 million shares of stock being sold at 100, and that drives, of course, more more stock on the market. Drives you know supply and demand drives the price down. Now remember, there's also at the other end they're going to say, okay, when it gets down to 80, I'm going to buy again. So what you're going to see is another swing up when the Stop loss sells off. The buy orders will come in at eighty, and it'll come in, in the big institutions, and they'll be buying fifty million, hundred million shares of the stock. So it's it's going to happen, and the individual investor has no control over it. Just sit sit on the bus, be quiet, because the driver is still up there driving. You you did a great job. You painted a great word picture with a bus analogy. Um, yeah. The advice you heard from Gasparino and Wingott did it resonate with you? Sounds like it did. At, well, I, I've been in the financial business since 1996, and I can say this. It, it, it's going to happen every every few years. I mean, you're going to have corrections. So uh, your advice uh, to folks who may be new to the market and are really on edge this morning would be what? Yeah, just sit and wait. It's going to go back up again. Again, they could sell, but they're going to lose. I always, I always love people coming in. Hey, I made $100 million yesterday. Oh, you sold all your stock? Well, no. Well, then you haven't made anything. <laughs> Same thing. I've lost $100 million. Oh, you sold your stock? Well, no. Well, then you haven't lost anything. All right. That's- so stay on the bus. Hang out of your stocks. You know, you're not going off a cliff here. We just yeah. got a little bit of a rough ride, a little up and down. Unless you're on Amtrak, then be careful. Thank you, sir, very much. Appreciate that. On a text line, Yaffe, any incoming on the stock market situation? Uh, yeah, one person said this, bud. After the government spent the last eight years propping up the stock market, it needed to be corrected. That's interesting. That's interesting. That, well, that, yeah, that, a lot of this was propped up by the government, historically low interest rates, quantitative easing. Right, you, that, couldn't, you couldn't make any money anywhere else. So, you yeah. know, you know mm-hmm. get into the, into the Wall Street casino, you know. From everything I've heard, the main reason is because they think interest rates are going to go up because of inflation. Absolutely. And that always affects the stock market. No question about it. And we had a new Fed chairman yesterday just came in to replace Yellen. Can you imagine that? On the very, well, very first day. That's probably yeah. another reason why yeah. it went up then. Yeah, it looks to me like they listened to down. us on the House Intel Committee and unanimously voted to release their Democrat memo. We called for that. I want the light of day shown on this. And the president needs to release it. If he doesn't, Yaffe, it's going to look like to his enemies who will pound him relentlessly. Not that he cares about that. It happens every day. It's a part of being President Trump. But in, in that scenario... Uh, it's going to look like he has something to hide. I'm fine if the president wants to analyze and comment on what's in the Democrat memo because I think they're really trying to cover their butts. I really, really do. And that there is there is rampant anti-Trump bias 
uh, in agencies like the FBI, and now they're going to be looking at the State Department in addition to the Justice Department. And I think it's the deep state, and I think it's the swamp, and it needs to be drained, and it's what the president is all about. But he's got a green light, the release of this thing. Are you with me on that? Oh, yeah, I've been saying that for a while. Um, if, if he doesn't, pretty much I agree with everything you say. It will make him look like he's trying to hide something. It would be much better for him to release it, allow the release of it, and then have his administration or the Republicans come out with a rebuttal to that memo right away. Mm-hmm. I think that would be the best approach. I think you're absolutely right. Obviously, the situation in the stock market is the big story this morning. More from Gina Cervetti in our Bloomberg Business Report in about five minutes. Tom Alexander in for Deb right now with a news update and setting the table on that very topic. Tom? That's right, bud. It could be another tough day for investors after Monday's record-breaking drop on the stock market. Stock futures have been fluctuating wildly overnight ahead of the market's opening. Right now, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is trending down, as well as the NASDAQ and S&P 500. The Dow saw its worst ever single-day drop yesterday, losing 1,175 points. That beats the previous record of 778 points set in September of 2008. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. There are reports this morning that former Trump White House chief strategist Steve Bannon won't be testifying before the House Intelligence Committee today, despite a subpoena requiring him to appear. Sources told Fox News that Bannon will ignore the subpoena, which could open him up to a contempt of Congress charge. One source says the White House hasn't cleared Bannon to answer the committee's questions. Those sources also said that Bannon's team has raised the issue of whether privilege could be invoked to shield him from questions about those topics, even though members of both parties on the committee say no such privilege would apply. A tip from a Facebook user is being credited with avoiding a possible tragedy involving a popular singer here in Orlando. Orlando police have released details from the recent arrest of Michael Sean Hunt. He's accused of stalking and the attempted kidnapping of singer Lana Del Rey, who performed at the Amway Center Friday. The the newly released report says one of Hunt's recent Facebook posts said he couldn't wait to be in Lana's arms and he would see everyone on the other side. Finally, a unanimous vote to ban fracking by the Environmental Preservation Committee in the Florida Senate. Opponents say it's a threat to the water supply. Gail Dickert with the Florida Federation of Garden Clubs says fracking is a danger to public health. People are dying from fracking. Newborn babies have neural tube defects. The placenta carries the pollutants to the baby and many fetuses are born dead or severely harmed. We cannot allow this to happen in Florida. The fracking ban has more than enough votes to pass the state Senate, but House leaders are refusing to schedule any sort of hearing or public vote on the ban. WFLA News Time now, 635. I'm Tom Alexander, News Radio 1025 WFLA. You can get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues right now. Thank you, Tom. And we continue with Gina Cervetti with the Daily Bloomberg Business Report live from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. Gina, I don't think it's been a time when your arrival here on the 50,000-watt front porch has been more eagerly anticipated than it is this morning. Take it away, Gina. Okay, bud. Well, uh, as you guys have been uh, mentioning this morning, the stock futures have been fluctuating between gains and losses. Right now, they're in negative territory. 
That could change, judging on uh, what we've been looking at here so far over the last couple of hours. Uh, all of this began with rising bond yields and has spread globally across equity markets as investors worry about the return of inflation and higher rates that could erode profitability for companies. Uh, as we as we mentioned, as Tom mentioned, we had the biggest one-day point decline for the Dow on record yesterday. It wasn't the biggest percentage decline. Uh, it was the biggest point decline. However, it fell 1,175 points, or 4.6%. Uh, that was the biggest percentage decline going back seven years. We had the S&P down 113 points, or 4%. It reversed its gains for 2018. The Nasdaq slumped 4%. That's 273 points. A lot of tech companies there. It closed at 69.68. Now, despite the magnitude of the decline, bud, few trainers, uh, traders are seeing panic in the market so far. Rather, they say these moves appear to reflect a growing sense that a strong economy, because fundamentals really are strong, might stoke inflation and push our interest rates higher, even faster, though, than what people have been expecting. Mark Hafeley is the chief investment officer at UBS Wealth Management. He spoke to Bloomberg Television early this morning. We see strong fundamentals in place, but the market is not super cheap. Complacency is very high, and so a sell-off you know, looks like it's in order, and it's hard to say that it just stops with one or two days. Now, the White House released a statement in response to questions about the markets, saying President Donald Trump is focused, quote, on our long-term economic fundamentals. And Fed Chair Jerome Powell is brand new in this position, and so he already uh, has a lot of things on his plate. Yeah, I guess. What baptism of fire that was. First day <laughs> yeah. on the job, and bang, the bottom falls out of the Dow. Yeah, a test for sure. Yeah, absolutely. What about the foreign markets like the Nikkei in Japan, you know, they mm -hmm. open up way ahead of us. It looked to me like they were way down the one time I got to look at it. What's going on over there? The Nikkei fell almost 5% today. In fact, uh, Japanese shares now in correction territory, a 10% decline from the high. Uh, overseas, we have German, the German DAX, as it's called, is down about 2%, and it's about 2% across the board for the index in Paris and the FTSE 100 in London. We did have the Hang Seng in Hong Kong today falling by about 5%, and we're still seeing the route in cryptocurrencies this morning. Uh, that had started uh, before we saw the stock market beginning to really pull back here recently. Bitcoin this morning is down to around $6,300. Wow, boy, that was a big house of cards. You could see it coming. Um, just on a personal note, and then, then one more item here, and we'll be done. Uh, what, what, what is it like in the Bloomberg newsroom on a day like <laughs> yesterday? What, what's the mood there? And then on over to Wall Street, how is it just distinctly different from a, an average day? <laughs> well, uh, it's not an average day when the Dow falls the most ever. So as you can imagine, there is a lot of uh, moving parts and a lot of uh, uh, scrambling, if you will, to make sure that all of the numbers get on and they get on correctly. And uh, this is really in our wheelhouse, if you will, bud. Sure. So uh, all hands on deck. Amen and, uh, to that. Yep. A lot of analysts and economists in the pipeline, on the phone, on the television, on the radio, yep. as you can well imagine. You bet. You bet. That That's your breaking news. No question about it. We know what it's like here when it's political breaking news, but in the financial world, we can relate to what it's like, and I thought folks would just enjoy hearing your comment. We're looking for some big companies to report their earnings today. Can you highlight that briefly? 
Yes, we have several of them, including Disney. We have Archer Daniels Midland, the big agricultural giant Allergan, which makes Botox, and Chipotle Mexican Grill, which, of course, has had its share of problems. So investors, while still keeping their eye on what's happening on Wall Street, of course, will also be digging into the earnings of some of these big companies, uh, some of them Dow components. All right, fair enough. Great job on a uh, very important edition of the Bloomberg Business Report brought to us by the one and only Gina Cervetti, live from the Big Apple. Gina, thank you so much. All right. Thank you, bud. All right. We got something for you right now. You know... You know what it's like on our college campuses, you know, with the little snowflakes that get triggered so easily in this bastion of liberalism and the indoctrination of, of our young generation by liberal college professors. Some kids on a college campus in New York City got hit with the big gotcha. And wait till you hear this. When the Trump-hating college snowflakes confront some realities about the State of the Union. It is coming up, along with an update, of course, in two minutes here on News, Weather, and Traffic on Good Morning Orlando. All right, the Trump train, the 645, is pulling out of the 50,000-watt front porch station. Here we are as we take you to John Jay University, a college in New York City a campus reform reporter feeding these New York City college students State of the Union quotes. They're told they're quotes from Trump's recent speech, but they are actually quotes from an Obama State of the Union address, as we find out later in the interviews here. Here it is, Young America, Trump derangement syndrome on full display. So I have a few quotes here from the State of the Union. I want to get your feedback first. Uh, talking about ISIS saying, quote, we need to call them what they are, killers and fanatics who have to be hunted down and destroyed. What's your thought on that? Well, first off, ISIS is fake. It's something the government made up so they can continue doing what they want to do, which is world domination. Donald Trump should, like, you know, mind his own business and, like, just focus on America because he's the president of the United States, not of the whole world. I feel like that's a very strong statement. Um, and when you say something like that, it kind of makes you, like, a target. Or if you're a threat to this country, we're going to get you for that. It's, it's just ridiculous. Next up. Uh, talking about the general uh, world stage, saying, quote, when you come after Americans, we come after you. It may take time, but we have long memories, and our reach has no limit. What's your thought on that? Um, well, I don't think that's a good way of handling something. It's like he doesn't think before speaking and how, how it's going to offend a lot of people. He should be careful because there's other countries out in the world that has, like, you know, like automatic weapons and, you know, nuclear bombs. I mean, he's got small hands, so I don't know about his reach, so... And finally, talking about China, saying China wants to write the rules. That would put us at a disadvantage. Why should we let that happen? We should write those rules. I wouldn't mess with China. He's over the top in general, so it's par for the course. It's like everything is out the window. Like, oh, whatever he's, oh, oh, China, China, China. I guess the way that he approaches things is very aggressive, and that's not the best way to approach situations. What if I told you? that all three of these quotes were actually from President Obama's State of the Unions. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, all right. <laughs> What's your thought? Are you surprised? Um, kind of, yeah. It's actually crazy to hear that. I think there's a bias against President Trump when it comes to hearing a speech like the State of the Union. Um, yeah, I, I do think there's a bias. I guess uh, 
bias is really bad in general just because uh, you don't agree with it doesn't mean it's not right. I am definitely not a huge fan of him. However, I think um, you know being closed-minded is probably more dangerous than anything he could do. Some people are quick to like judge you on Donald Trump just because um, like a few things he say. But I think like if they paid into his whole presidency, like maybe they'll like have a like a better um, like you know outlook on him and a better like you know perspective in general. Because unfortunately, a lot of times what you hear is tainted by bias, and you really can't go off that. So do your own research, educate yourself. It's your duty. It's you know it's the future of the country. Well, suddenly the light dawns, the age of enlightenment at John Jay University in New York City. I doubt whether it will take. What do you guys think of this? Yaffe? Steph? Uh, not surprising in today's Classic. world. Classic. <laughs> not, the, not surprising in today's the, 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 world. This is what it is when you yeah. are just ideologically locked in, you know, or you go with the talking points somebody else gave you, you know, your liberal anti-Trump-hating Trump professor, your mother, your father, your buddies, whatever it happens to be, you buy into it hook, line, and sinker. You don't bother figuring out what's going on. You don't watch the State of the Union because you don't like the president. You have no idea what he said or he didn't say. It was funny at the end when they had to admit that, oh, maybe I am biased. Yeah. Maybe a light bulb went off in their heads. Yeah. Steph, you were shaking your hands for three solid minutes. Yeah. Shaking oh my your God, head. That was ridiculous. And like, I've never even heard of that college, so it must have not been that hard to get into. <laughs> I mean, that is just absurd. Anyway, there you go. Um, download the absolutely free, phenomenal, completely redesigned, and amazing iHeartRadio app. Revolutionize your radio listening experience. You will absolutely love it. You heard the tragic story about a National Football League player killed in a traffic accident. We now know that he and one other were killed by a twice-deported illegal alien driving drunk. I've got something to say on this. And stay tuned. We'll get to it. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic to be updated for you in just two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Good morning, Orlando. So glad you're with us here. We're going on 9 o'clock this morning. My take and yours on the hottest topics out there, and we got a bunch more to come. But I want to give you an update and a very critically important one, at least where I sit, to this story about a pro football player and one other person in the car with him who were killed in a traffic accident up in Indiana over the weekend. The first word that came out was that Indianapolis Colts linebacker Edwin Jackson had been killed in an accident and drunk driving might be involved. The life of 54-year-old Jeffrey Monroe was also snuffed out. Now, the perpetrator had driven his truck onto an emergency shoulder on the highway and plowed into the vehicle that was occupied by Colts linebacker Edwin Jackson, a much beloved figure on the on the Colts team, reportedly, and 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 Jeffrey Monroe as well. So they booked this guy as Alex Cabrera Gonzalez, age thirty seven, into the local jail. And then they found out some very, very interesting things. He didn't have a driver's license. He tried to flee the scene of the accident. And um, he had a blood alcohol level nearly twice the legal limit. But one of the local television stations did some investigating up in Indianapolis and found this. Gonzalez was using an alias that his real name is Manuel Orrego Savala. He is an illegal alien who has been deported 
at least twice from the United States in 2007 and 2009. Intoxicated, driving without a license, never should have been in this country. And a beloved NFL player and another man as well are dead as a result. What's interesting also, hate to play the race card, but it seems to be relevant in so many stories on one level or another these days, does it not? Indianapolis Colts linebacker Edwin Jackson was black. There were a lot of those in minority America who are in error, in my opinion, when they say that Trump's immigration policies to deal with illegal immigration and even to deal with the way we handle legal immigration is all about stopping the browning of America and keeping black and brown people out of this country and making, as Nancy Pelosi said outrageously recently, making America white again. And there are a lot of people in the minority community who don't support President Trump because they think there is a racist motivation to his immigration policies. I wonder what they think this morning about an illegal alien twice deported from this country, still in America, being directly responsible for killing a beloved professional football player who happens to be black. There is not a racial component to what this president is trying to do. He is trying to protect all Americans from the scourge of illegal immigrants and illegal aliens who never should be here and are responsible in cr- for crimes far above what their percentage of the population should warrant or suggest. I wonder what minority America thinks now. A beloved black football player is dead. And an illegal alien is responsible for it. This is not beautiful young white Kate Steinle in San Francisco. This is not a problem that has a racial component to it in terms of how the president is trying to solve it. It is simply not. And I wanted you to know, it's an awful story. All of these are awful stories. But for God's sakes, stop playing the race card against this president when it does not apply. For God's sakes, stop it. Good morning, Orlando. Tuesday morning at 7 o'clock. Welcome aboard. You're on the 50,000-watt front porch for our latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander, in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning. Stocks could continue falling today, and hundreds of millions of dollars are missing in the Defense Department. Details coming up in one minute. And why Florida's texting while driving bill's got to be toughened up. I'll tell you what I think needs to happen, and we'll see what you think next on Good Morning Orlando. 704 on News Radio 1025. Investors are worried stocks will keep free falling today. Dow futures have been diving overnight, falling as much as 1,000 points before rebounding some. The Dow, NASDAQ, and S&P 500 all trending down right now. The Dow Jones Industrial Average registered its biggest one-day drop ever yesterday. It lost 1,175 points, 
shattering the previous record loss of 778. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The National Transportation Safety Board is denying there are systemic issues with Amtrak even after Sunday's fatal crash in South Carolina, which marked the fourth fatal Amtrak crash in two months. Are we willing to say that there's a systemic issue with Amtrak? Uh, No, we're not. We're not willing to look at that as it relates to this accident. In a news conference yesterday, NTSB Chairman Robert Sumwalt said the event data recorder from the wreckage of Amtrak's train has been recovered and downloaded at Amtrak's facility in Raleigh, North Carolina. Information from that recorder shows that from the train's last stop, the maximum speed reached 57 miles an hour. The track speed under signal suspension rules is 59. About seven seconds before the end of the recording, the train's horn was activated for three seconds. Two seconds after that, the brake pipe pressure began to fall. A second later, the emergency brake was applied while the train was at 53 miles an hour. Two seconds after that, the recording ends at the point of collision. It's amazing to hear the head of the NTSB suggest there's no systemic problem with Amtrak with four fatal wrecks here in the last couple of months, you were saying now. You know, we didn't have a single commercial passenger airline death in the last calendar year. And look what's going on with Amtrak. I think they do have all kinds of problems. We've been running this thing lean and mean for too long, and I think we're paying the price. I really do. I mean, it sure looks like it. A Pentagon agency is trying to explain how it lost track of more than $800 million. An audit released yesterday shows the Defense Logistics Agency could not document hundreds of millions of dollars for construction projects and equipment expenses. The money covered expenses for the fiscal year that ended in September of 2016. The agency said in a statement to CNN yesterday it has already taken steps to correct what it called the shortcoming. I don't think you should get on them here. Come on, in the world of government spending 800 mil, at chump change, right? That's like five toilet seats, isn't it? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is in the Pentagon, at least at one point. Wasn't it 700 bucks a toilet seat? Something like yeah, that. That was yeah. the big story that started all of this talk. <laughs> Two Winter Springs police officers are suspended after what the police chief is calling an alarming incident. The officers filed a report accusing the city finance director of assaulting one of them last month. But Mayor Charles Lacey says surveillance video shows that assault never happened. Police Chief Kevin Brunell contacted the FDLE. Mayor Lacey says the agency started investigating yesterday. He also tells local news stations he's disappointed and sick to his stomach over the officer's actions. WFLA News Time now, 7.07. Read about the baldness cure that could be found in McDonald's French fries chemical. Whoa. At 1025wfla.com. Second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Thank you, Tom. Tom Alexander in for Deb, who's taking a couple of days off. Yaffe's producing, and uh, Steph is uh, our screener. You're going to want to join me in this conversation about the deadly dangerous practice of texting while driving and what Florida is doing and not doing to curb it. I don't think the legislation in Tallahassee is going to make a dent in this problem and lives will continue to be lost that should not be lost. What needs to change? What do we need to do to stop texting while driving that Florida is not doing and apparently has no plans to do? My take and yours straight ahead. How would you deal with the scourge of texting while driving and the alarming number of crashes 
that result when people take their eyes off the road for several seconds while they're driving and texting. It's like closing your eyes at highway speeds. You can go a football field or more totally blind. How do we attack this problem? What our lawmakers in Tallahassee are engaged in right now, I believe, does not go nearly far enough. If you got some thoughts on that, I'll share mine with you in a moment. Join the conversation at 407-916-5400. Hit the text line at 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. We'll get right into this here. It's an important issue. I want your help on it. We'll have that in Orlando's news, water, and traffic in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. You've heard me say it many, many times, and it's still true today. It will always be true. There is no more deadly, dangerous, distracted driving practice than texting while driving for the length of time that you take your eyes off the road to send texts or receive them. You know, and, and, and it's clear that the carnage that results just continues to ex- escalate. Now, they're trying to do something in Tallahassee during the session here. Um, there is a bill that is working its way through the legislature. It's made it through a couple of committees in the House and uh, ready for a full vote in the chamber there, a full chamber vote, and has to clear another committee before there's a vote in the Senate. But here's the problem with it. It is just too weak. It does not have enough teeth in it. Right now, cops can't stop you for when they suspect texting while driving just for that. Okay, they they have it has to be for something else. Taillights out, and then that. Okay, they're changing it into a primary offense, so they can stop you just under suspicion of texting while driving. But they're not changing the resultant fine if they find that you are. It's still just uh, it remains a non-moving violation, and 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 the fine is thirty dollars. This is not a deterrent. In Oregon, the first offense on this is one thousand dollars. Somewhere in between there is what makes sense to me. Thirty bucks is not a deterrent. The reason we've been able to make a dent in drunk driving in part is not only because of the social stigma associated with DUI, but also because the penalties are just enormous and so disrupt your life. We need to head in that direction, I think. I don't think what they're doing here is sufficient, do you? 407-916-5400. I'm not a guy who's big into piling on more legislation, but for God's sakes, put some teeth in this to modify behavior, to change behavior. That's one thing that legislation can do. If we got bad behavior, create a scenario in which people say, it's just not worth it, I'm not doing it. Now, there's another approach to this, and it involves technology. Nissan, reportedly, is considering producing new cars that will not allow cell phone signals when the car is in motion. It'll block them. I don't know how they do it, but they can do it. There are multiple apps available to you, and this, of course, is on a voluntary basis, where you can set up your smartphone so that if the car is in motion, go and say seven miles an hour or whatever it is on some of them, bang, cell phone cuts out, can't use it, can't use it for anything, shuts it down. Should that be made compulsory somehow? You know, I mean, we've, we've, we've changed the way our automobiles are in many, many ways in the interest of safety, have we not? You know, you can't start my car, my Lincoln, without my foot on the brake. Can't do it. That's a good thing. I'm glad they did it. So what do we need to do here? Do you agree with me that $30 fine in a primary offense is not enough? It's got to go way up to create a deterrent. What about technology? What about that? 
should what's now optional through your through these apps through your your smartphone, so that it, it, when the car is in motion, it, the cell phone doesn't work. It only works when the car is not moving. Do we need to make that somehow compulsory, mandatory? What about brand new cars being produced across the board as we move forward into the future? Where the cell phone doesn't operate if the car is in motion. How do you feel about this? How do we attack this problem? And is there anybody out there who would who would suggest to me that things are just fine the way they are with our legislation prohibiting texting while driving that really doesn't? Where are you on all of this? How do we attack and solve this problem? More and more lives are being lost all the time through texting while driving. We've got to stop the carnage. And I don't think they're on the right track in Tallahassee. 407 916 You're next. Text line open 23680. Standard message and data rate supply. Florida legislatures, I believe, going to pass a somewhat stiffened texting while driving law. It's going to make it a primary offense. Cops can get you for that without having to get you for something else first. But they're going to leave the fine first time at $30. That's outrageous. It's ridiculous. I think they jack it up to $500. And we need to look into um, to technology that prevents cell phones from being operational when vehicles are in motion. Yaffe, Steph, where are you on this before we go to the phones and the text line? Well, I will say this. If you're going to have a fine, $30 is nothing. It's a you joke. need to have more. The problem with the fines is it's incredibly hard to enforce. It's really hard to see if someone's texting while driving. You, you would need some real proof. I think the only real solution is education and changing the culture. I mean, all this other stuff is nice. Will it make a real impact? I'm not so sure. But I think if I knew that I was going to be hit with a $500 fine, I might police myself in that regard, even though it is tough for the cops to discern True. what you're doing. There's True, a deterrent value in the fine itself, I even would, if you never get hit with it. Yeah, I would say, too, that after the fact, like if you cause a wreck or something because you were texting while driving, make the you know penalties really harsh for that. Yeah, Oregon 1,000 first offense. If there's a crash resulting, $2,500. That's yeah. what they're doing out there. Steph, what about it? I completely agree with Yaffe. I mean, I don't know how they're going to control this. That's hard to do, especially with people like myself that has really dark tint in my car. You can't see in. So, I mean, you couldn't see if I was on my phone. So what do we do? I don't know. I think just like Yaffe said, you educate the people yeah. and hope for the know. best. I don't know. I don't know. Let's go to Joe and uh, Valrico over in the Tampa Bay area. Good morning to you, Joe. Morning, bud. Um, as usual, you always tend to want the government to enforce things. No, uh, no. Now, come I on agree, now. I agree with you. you. always do. You expect more rules and laws, all right? I, stands, I, want, a, I want the problem solved, and maybe, and maybe some enforced. laws can do that. What do you want to do? I mean, what do you want to do, Joe? You, Are you, you okay with it the way it is? Driving. Are you okay with it the way it is? Yes, I am. Okay. Because distracted driving puts the responsibility on me, all right? I drive hundreds of thousands of miles a year, and I watch people, and they're distracted by talking to their passengers, okay? Is the cop going to pull them over for distracted driving there and give them a $500 fine? No. And if, if my kids want, I want my kids to text or do whatever in the car. Why is it they get in a car and the government says you can't do anything in your car? Okay, Joe. Hope you don't get wiped out by a texter while driving. I really do. Thank you. Kim, good morning to you from Orlando. Go ahead. Kim, you're up. Nope. No, I got the. Hang on. I'm going to put that on hold and I'm going to go down to Kim. Go ahead, Orlando. Kim, you're on the good line. Mo- good morning, bud. I agree with you, Abby. 
But what I wanted to mention is the vehicles that would shut down your cell phone signal, mm -hmm. that would be a safety issue in and of itself. Oh. Quite, quite often crime victims will call 911 and just leave an open line so the dispatchers can hear. Um, if mm -hmm. you have a vehicle that's shutting that down, then um, they wouldn't be able to summon help. All right, interesting point you raised. Text line incoming, Yaffe. What do you got? Yeah, one person said this, but first offense should be $250. Each additional offense add $250 to the previous fine. So there you go. And then um, one more person said, we don't need any more government regulations. Local, state, and federal government have got a stranglehold on everything we touch. So kind of like what the caller was saying before. Well, I got to tell you, I think we've had some success and making an awful lot of people think twice before they get behind the wheel driving drunk because of the penalties involved. I'm sorry. It does make a difference, and lives do get saved. Uh, I think you ought to get a hold of your, your lawmakers in Tallahassee. I'm going to let them know that primary offense is good. That's a good change. $30 fine is a joke. It will not change behavior. Jack it up to at least 500 bucks, and if there's a wreck, a couple of thousand. And people will change their behavior in great numbers. As for the technology angle, Carlos, go ahead from Orlando, Carlos. Good morning, bud. Uh, I must agree with you 200%. Let me explain to you a couple of things. Um, there's a lot of people who have old cars that that technology would not work. So I would say a $1,000 fine for those people you, who could not control the vehicle with the cell phone. Now, with people with new phones, they change phones every year. That technology is great. Now, another thing, driver's license suspended after three offense forever, just like, you know, uh, drunken driving. Well, there you go. Modifying behavior by severe penalties. Thank you. I think that's something that we absolutely have to do, and I don't know why they're not contemplating that in Tallahassee. If you agree with me, let your representatives know. Deb's off today. And um, Tom Alexander handling the news. And, of course, the big slide on Wall Street uh, is a big story. And there's evidence that uh, it may continue today based on the futures. He's all over that story for you in a moment. And he also will talk about the outrage over the new Lady Doritos. Tom Alexander next. And good morning, Orlando. From the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Tuesday morning on the 50,000-watt front porch. We're so glad you're with us. It's 730. Deborah Roberts is off today. Tom Alexander is uh, bringing us the news. You were in the newsroom when we had a, uh, a fiery discussion and a lot of activity on the text line about, you know, my contention that um, the legislature is not doing enough here. In the current session, Tom, they're talking about making texting while driving a primary offense. Right. So the cops can stop you for that without having to stop you first for something else to get you for texting while driving. But leaving the fine at $30, uh, I mean, it, to me, it's a complete joke and not a deterrent. You had an interesting thought about something they could do to get people to think twice. Yeah, I think I think if you increase the number of points you get, if they make it a primary offense, sure, leave the fine at 30 bucks. That's, I, I don't think, I don't, don't, to a lot of people, a $75 fine isn't even a deterrent. And that's a lot of speeding tickets and traffic tickets, moving violations start around there. What about $500? $500 is a lot. It's a lot. I don't know. The points have the more long-term effect, though. You pay a fine, it's one, one time, and then it's done. So you what would you make it? it? Four points on the license? What I, would you do? Right now, second defense, it looks like, is three when, as a secondary defense. Yeah. 
I think if they make it a primary first offense, three points. If you get seven over a certain period, then you start you lose your license. Mm-hmm. And if you get any, your insurance goes up right away. So I think that because that's cumulative, and that will raise your insurance rates. That then you've got to start paying that penalty every single month when you pay your car insurance instead of a one-time fine. Yeah, interesting input on that, and we thank you for it. You're all over the situation with a big slide in the stock market yesterday, and um, looking ahead to what today's session might hold. We've talked about it a lot earlier. Get the folks up to date, if you will. Thanks, bud. It could be another tough day for investors after Monday's record-breaking drop in the stock market. Stock futures fluctuated wildly this morning. At last check, the Dow, S&P 500, and NASDAQ were all trending downward heading into the opening of trading. Yet the Dow and Jones Industrial Average saw its single, its worst ever single-day drop on Monday this week. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The CEO of PepsiCo is facing some heavy criticism online over an idea to develop Lady Doritos. I saw something about this on Fox Show The Five yesterday. Uh, yeah, Kimberly Guilfoyle was showing that. Mm-hmm. I guess they're smaller, not as crunchy. Yeah. Uh, in an interview with Freakonomics Radio, the PepsiCo CEO, Indra Nui, suggested that um, women aren't big fans of chips because of the residue that gets on your hands and the loud crunching and the bags don't fit in your purse. So her vision of a more ladylike version of snack food yeah. would eliminate all of those problems. And a lot of people online were not amused by this. They What's their problem? With they it? called her ideas of, of what women want in a chip sexist and outdated. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I, I had some friends that uh, said, well, maybe they should make the chips also look like kitchen appliances so that ladies can recognize oh, them. Oh, Sarcastically geez, saying that, of course. <laughs> He's got to get himself killed. <laughs> Stephanie, what about what do you think about Lady Doritos that not as messy, not as large, and not as loud when you crunch them? Is this what ladies want in I America? Mean, I don't know because I don't eat chips, of course. You know, I mean, I'm pretty healthy over here. But, yeah, I don't like that getting on your hands either. I'm very OCD when it comes to that kind of stuff. Even but do like you pizza. Find, but do you find it sexist and offensive that they would make a special Dorito for women? No, I don't. You don't? I don't. Okay. I don't get offended by that kind of stuff. All right. There you go. There's, uh, there's our feminist. Uh, there we go. A resident woman has weighed in on the topic. Our feminine. I won't say feminist. I'd say feminine point of view. What else is going on? Well, a woman in New Hampshire could lose out on a half-billion-dollar lottery prize because she doesn't want to reveal her identity. The woman won last month's $560 million Powerball jackpot. Lottery rules say, of course, all winners have to reveal their identities in order to claim the prize. Lottery officials say the game's integrity depends on publicly identifying the winners to yeah. help prevent fraud and malfeasance. Yeah, she should have known this, but she she won the big prize. She and- won. She won the $560 million Powerball, but she's not picking up the prize because she's asking a judge to let her keep the money without revealing her identity. Her lawyers say it's because, of course, she doesn't want the attention, good or bad, yeah. that would come with people knowing she won all that money. Uh, New Hampshire does allow winners to form an anonymous trust in order to accept the winnings, but here's the problem. She's already signed her lottery ticket, and now if she alters that signature with the name of a trust or anything else, it's voided. She doesn't get the prize. So she's kind of backed herself into a corner here. Somehow I think she's going to cave on this anonymity thing. $560 million is a lot of money. (laughs) Oh, gee whiz. Uh, Crazy. WFLA News Time now is 7.37. Tom will catch you for more news. Top of the hour and whenever it breaks, Tom will be on the job for Deb here this morning. Once a day, every day, we give somebody 
the best audience in talk radio an opportunity to win a fabulous prize. And boy, have we got a great prize for our sound judgment winner today. Right, Steph? Oh, that's right, bud. So today we have a pair of tickets to see James Taylor at the Amway Center on Wednesday, May 9th. Legendary singer-songwriter James Taylor and his all-star band with special guest Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Bonnie Rayett and her band play at Orlando's Amway Center on Wednesday, May 9th for the unforgettable evening. Events. Oh, go ahead. Tickets are on sale now. Visit 1025WFLA.com, keyword events, for more info. Yeah, but tickets are being given away here free to our winner today. If you're waiting to get in and you're frustrated and the line's busy, wait for a wrong answer and uh, then call the number you could get in and win later on at 407-916-5400. Well, a great local Super Bowl tradition was renewed Monday as the Super Bowl MVP was honored at Disney World on a big parade along Main Street, USA. Want you to listen to Eagles quarterback Nick Foles doing his version of the iconic Disney Super Bowl commercial. Then use your sound judgment to tell me the first year a Super Bowl MVP announced to the world that I'm going to Disney World. Hint, it was Giants quarterback Phil Simms, and it was in the 1980s. But what was the year? Nick Foles, you and the Philadelphia Eagles have just won the Super Bowl. What are you going to do next? I'm going to Disney World. Boy, that was a wild scene at the Magic Kingdom yesterday as the tradition was renewed. Give me the first year that we had... A Super Bowl MVP announced, I'm going to Disney World. Line one, you're up. 1979. No, I said it was in the 80s, remember? There's the opportunity, 407-916-5400. Call now, you can get in and win. Line two, give me the year. 1985. No, but thanks for trying. Another open line for you at 407-916-5400. The very first time there was a Super Bowl MVP with one of those Disney commercials say, I'm going to Disney World. It was in the 80s. It was Phil Simms, then the quarterback of the New York Giants, that won the Super Bowl. Tell me what year that was. Line three, you're up next. 1981. Nope, not 1981. Another chance, an open line at 407-916-5400. Line four, you're up. Take a shot. It was the 86-87 season. What year did this happen? 87. You're right. Congratulations. Familiar voice on the line. Joe, right? Correct, sir. And you haven't won the game in 30 days? Uh, No. Okay, we got these tough corporate rules here. It's not my idea. So uh, just wanted to make sure that everything is copacetic. Uh, Do you like James Taylor? I do. Well, you're going on us. Find out all about it with details from Stephanie as I put you on hold. Congratulations to you, Joe. Yep, Phil Sims, 1987. That wasn't easy for me, Yaffe, as a Patriots fan. But you see... <laughs> what you can't you can't bear that the Eagles quarterback is the one going to Disney well, World. Well, I think he's a great guy. I love the I'm going to Disney World tradition, and I like to do <laughs> timely, sound judgments here. 
but I was in more than a little bit of pain when I put that together. Oh, man, I'm glad you didn't run into him in Orlando no, sometime what, what, while he was here. No, I'm, I'm just afraid you, what you would have done. I'm still recovering from the <laughs> Super Bowl. But I just wanted you to know, you see, I mean, I did it. I did all right. it. All right. All right. I, I guess I'm proud of you. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Good morning, Orlando. Tuesday morning on the 50,000 Watt Front Porch at 756. Um, Yaffe, you've just posted something really special on our website, 1025wfla.com, in advance of the big rocket launch on the Cape this afternoon. Yeah, if you go to our Good Morning Orlando page, the tab's at the top of the page, um, I posted animation of the Falcon Heavy rocket, which is supposed to launch. So it's an animation video they put out of what it's supposed to look like um, as you said earlier, it could blow up. Who who knows? Well, that's what Elon Musk says. Yeah, right. SpaceX. He says he doesn't know. It's <laughs> never been launched before. It was exactly. test fired recently successfully here. But th- this thing is a monster, and they're going to test fire it sometime between one thirty and 4 today if everything goes well. And so be looking east for the launch, not test firing, but launching this for the first time. Yeah. And you can see what it's expected to look like on the website. It'll right? be cool. Yes, that's right. It'll be cool to see when it happens. Absolutely will, and we hope it's today. Weather certainly looks good oh, yeah. as we speak. You're going to be on in prime time with your Beyond Reason show tonight. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that? Well, I'll probably talk about what's going on with the stock market. The futures, you know, are already in the tank. In the tank, yeah, already going down. So we'll see what happens. There's a lot of expert analysis on this, and uh, we'll discuss it. Yep. And uh, so, Yaffa, you'll be taking your calls and text messages. You'll be on, is it 8 to 10 tonight? Yes, 8 to 10 p.m. tonight. We're looking forward to that already. Thank you, Mike. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you on a Tuesday at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander, in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning stocks could continue falling today, and President Trump is applauding a Democratic congressman. We'll have details coming up in one minute. And stay with me for a frightening warning from the FBI and local law enforcement to Facebook users. You could be hit with a pornography charge. What's it all about? We'll tell you next on Good Morning Orlando. 803 on News Radio 1025. Stocks could keep falling today after yesterday's record setting sell off. The Dow, NASDAQ, and SP 500 futures are all trending down right now. The Dow dipped as much as 1,000 points overnight before recovering slightly. The stock market ended with the worst single day drop for the Dow Jones Industrial Average yesterday. The Dow lost 1,175 points. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Air Force forecasters say weather conditions are 80% go for today's test launch of the SpaceX Falcon Heavy rocket from Kennedy Space Center. A two-and-a-half-hour launch window opens at 1.30 this afternoon. SpaceX calls the Falcon Heavy the world's most powerful rocket. CEO Elon Musk says he'll consider it a win if it doesn't blow the launch pad to smithereens. If all goes well, the payload, Musk's very own Tesla Roadster, will be launched into an orbit between Earth and Mars. President Donald Trump says he'll be sending a thank you letter to a North Florida congressman for applauding during last week's State of the Union address. Representative Al Lawson of Tallahassee could be seen clapping when the president mentioned low unemployment numbers for black workers. He was one of just a few Democrats to do so. Lawson said his applause wasn't for the president. It was for the progress that began six years ago under President Obama. During a speech in Cincinnati yesterday, President Trump suggested that Democrats' failure to applaud him was, quote, treasonous. 
The Poor People's Campaign, started by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 50 years ago, is being rebooted in dozens of states, including Florida. Tallahassee activist Barbara Devane was there for the first war on poverty. She says things have changed dramatically. Instead of the war on poverty, we now have a war on poor people and a war to push middle class down to be poor. Leaders of the new Poor People's Campaign says Florida's say Florida's economy is built on low-wage service sector jobs that don't pay enough to keep people out of poverty. They want a higher minimum wage, better health care for the working poor, and changes in a state tax system that is ranked as one of the more regressive in the entire country. And finally, Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Nick Foles is the latest Super Bowl MVP to celebrate at Walt Disney World. After leading the Eagles to victory over the New England Patriots Sunday, Foles started a hero's parade on Main Street USA at the Magic Kingdom yesterday. He stood atop a float with Mickey Mouse, was showered with balloons and confetti. Foles shouted to the crowd, World champions! To be at Disney World is unbelievable. End quote. WFLA News Time Now, 8.05. Read about Lululemon CEO resigning as the company cites misconduct at 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Tom Alexander bringing us the news. Deb's off for a couple of days. Yaffe's producing and Stephanie is screening. And in a moment, we've got a frightening warning from local law enforcement and the FBI to everybody on Facebook. You may have the very best of intentions to try and help catch a child sex offender. But you could wind up, in so doing, facing pornography charges. I never heard of anything quite like this. And the story suddenly popped up as a red-letter item on the Drudge Report yesterday... I took a look at it, and it had a Central Florida angle to it. And I want to share this warning with you here, kind of as a Good Morning Orlando public service segment, if you will, okay? Because you need to know about this. And um, if you're on Facebook, or maybe you can message anybody you know is on Facebook to be listening to us in just a couple of minutes on this, we will share the information we have this absolutely frightening warning against sharing a disturbing video that is circulating as we speak on Facebook and how it could end up leaving you facing serious charges of dealing in pornography, incredible as that may sound. So that's where we begin. Later in this hour, we're going to have a special update on the stock market situation with a big slide and the futures looking really, really weak this morning, to say the least from one of our News Radio 1025 national correspondents. So it's a power-packed and important hour here on the 50,000-watt front porch, and we are glad you're with us from the Frontgate Realty Studio as we continue. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We'll get into this, um, this Facebook situation and the FBI and local law enforcement warning to all Facebook users. That in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic to be updated in only two minutes. Stay with me on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm not on Facebook, but my wife is all the time. Many members of my family, my circle of friends, the staff here, Yaffe and Stephanie, for example, are all over Facebook. 
And uh, th- th- this was a really frightening story that popped up yesterday nationally on the Drudge Report. And I decided to look into it. I reached out to Yaffe, and he agreed with me that this would be something we needed to bring to light here on Good Morning Orlando this morning. And here is the deal. The FBI and local law enforcement agencies, including Sheriff Grady Judd down in Polk County, more on what he's putting out on this in just a moment, all across the country are issuing a warning about how you can get in serious trouble just viewing, let alone sharing, a very disturbing video that is circulating nationwide on Facebook right now and other social media networks as well. It shows an adult male sexually abusing a young child. Apparently this is in connection with an investigation of a crime in Alabama, okay? And here is the warning that if you view this video, let alone share it, you're dealing in pornography and could face serious charges. That images and video depicting the sexual abuse of a child are pornography. Sharing them, even if your intent is to help find the perpetrator, which is what people are doing. They're trying to say, well, I'm going to help. I'm going to put this out there to my circle of friends on Facebook. The more eyes, the more ears, the more attention focused on this, the better the chance we can help the cops find this guy. But even if you view this and share it with the intent to help solve the crime, you are committing a crime. You are essentially dealing in and trafficking in pornography. It's incredible to think of that, isn't it? Let me give you what Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd has just put out there. He says, the following is an important public service and announcement for anyone in Florida or beyond. If you should come across images or videos depicting a child being physically or sexually abused, caps here, please do not share, end caps, those images or videos. Images and videos depicting the sexual abuse of a child are considered child pornography. Sharing them, even if your intent is to try and help, is a crime. And, of course, it continues to victimize the child. So Grady Judd says this, please submit a tip about images or videos containing child pornography to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Their website is cybertipline.com, cybertipline.com. He says that their agency, Polk County Sheriff's Office, has handled hundreds of these National Center for Missing and Exploited Children tips that have resulted in the arrests of numerous suspects who preyed upon kids. He continues, we continue to receive dozens of private messages every day in reference to an absolutely horrific video and images that are being shared via social media. It is our understanding now that Alabama law enforcement authorities, including their Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, have identified the suspect and that the victim is safe. We don't have any information on whether or not an arrest has been made, but we are hopeful. If you should come across the image, the sheriff says, which is too disturbing to describe, but depicts a small child being abused by an adult male, please rest assured that it has been reported and it is actively being investigated. We know other law enforcement agencies in Florida and the southeastern U.S. are also receiving the same type of messages. Please feel free to share this message and help us get the word out. We are encouraged by the fact that so many people who saw the image and video wanted to help. We appreciate how many people were outraged, sickened, and desperate to help a little girl and to arrest the suspect. 
Please keep being our eyes and ears. Law enforcement agencies worldwide rely on it. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children is a wonderful organization dedicated to protecting children and the clearinghouse for tips such as the one mentioned here. But do not view, do not share these images. Then you can be open to a charge of dealing with and dealing in pornography. Yaffe, that's the most chilling thing I've heard in a while. As a Facebook user, what are your thoughts? And Stephanie as well. You know, my my initial thought was, I don't know how in the world they could enforce that. I don't think they ever would. If I mean, because th- it seems like this video was shared a lot. I, f- I find it very hard to believe the police would go after every single Facebook account that shared it and arrest people, especially they did it on good intentions. But it raises a lot of interesting questions because this is one of those things where the laws are not really caught up to the technology. Tell you what, I want you to raise those questions as a as a veteran Facebook user, and I want to get Stephanie in on this, and I want to know your reaction to what I have shared with you. And what I'm doing is I'm forwarding a warning from the Federal Bureau of Investigation, along with local law enforcement, in this case in particular, Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd, and we're a big fan of the work he does. 407-916-5400 if you've got something to say in this. And the text line, 23680, standard message and data rates apply there. I think it's safe to say a lot of safe Facebook um, users would be shocked to learn that they could get in trouble only trying to do the right thing here to catch a child sex predator. Any of you Facebook users run into this video? The FBI and local law enforcement is, is warning you not to view or to share with anybody because you could wind up getting... A pornography charge slapped against you, depicting a child being physically or sexually abused. Apparently, it's a, it, it comes out of uh, Alabama where they're trying to find this child sex predator here who had abused this child, and the video is there. Uh, the kid apparently is okay, although we don't have any specifics on that. If you run into that video, uh, let us know. 407-916-5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. I'm not a Facebook user. I don't have enough time. But, Yaffe... You are, and Stephanie is as well. What are your thoughts on this? And by the way, you've got some texters uh, who are weighing in on this as well. Well, yeah, one person uh, brought up the point that it's amazing that Facebook let this slip through while other posts, you know, doesn't slip through. He even says, you know, it won't even let me post some of my sermons, the texter says. Hmm. So they would have to fix their algorithm, I guess, to make sure that doesn't happen. It's something Facebook probably should do. <laughs> You'd have to believe they'd be motivated to do that, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, they probably didn't think, I and, don't know. And they have problem. the technology, right, to do that. They can do it. I guess. I, I, you know, I'm not an expert on that kind of thing. Yeah. I guess they could, probably could. There might be ways around it. Steph, were you surprised to learn of this FBI and local law enforcement warning that this thing is out there and that innocent Facebook users who really would love to help solve a crime could get themselves in real trouble? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't know how they even go about enforcing this, but, I mean, if I were to come, you know, across it on my news feed on Facebook, like, I wouldn't even think of sharing it myself, so. Apparently a lot of folks are, I mean, I know that, but that's crazy. Like, I just, I I wouldn't do that. It's It's interesting to me because when a lot of these child porn laws were probably made, this is not an angle they thought of, I'm sure. So they're probably going to have to update the laws to address this issue. Because I really don't see local police locking up a bunch of people for merely pushing the share button on a Facebook 
video. I just don't see that happening. Yeah. So it's interesting how sometimes the technologies out there, you have new technology that kind of, you have to have laws to catch up with it. Yeah, absolutely right. We're always kind of running behind, aren't we, as technology <laughs> exactly runs right. out ahead of us all. Um, again, I think maybe the uh, most important thing that might be in here from um, Polk County Sheriff uh, Grady Judd's uh, warning online about this, that you could face a pornography charge, although I can't imagine that they would actually go after you, you know, and wind up throwing you in the clink or whatever. Um, but, but it is still scary, is it not? Because you are essentially dealing in pornography by viewing this or sharing it that if you see anything like this, immediately submit a tip about images or videos containing child pornography. If it pops up on say, Facebook or, or, or any other social media you're on, and, and just submit a tip to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children via their secure cyber tip line. And it's easy to remember. And here it is one more time, cybertipline.com, and let them Handle it. Hands off for you, and then you'll be okay. I mean, everybody would want to would want to play a role in 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 trying to to lead to the arrest or contribute to the arrest and getting somebody out of circulation who's preying on our kids. And that's the natural instinct of law abiding people. What a what a shocker to find out the FBI is saying you'd be real careful with that stuff if it pops up, or you could wind up facing pornography charges. Incredible, isn't it? Obviously, for folks invested in the stock market, it was a breathtaking session yesterday. Tom's in for Deb this morning with more on what's going on on Wall Street. Thanks, bud. Stocks could keep falling today after yesterday's record-setting sell-off. The Dow, NASDAQ, and S&P 500 futures are all trending down. The Dow dipped as much as 1,000 points overnight before recovering. Stock market ended with the worst single-day drop for the Dow in history yesterday. It lost 1,175 points. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A new study says insects are good for you. I don't care. I'm not eating them. (laughs) About 2 billion people around the world already know that, and bugs are a regular part of their diet, but it's a tough sell in the U.S., Canada, and Europe. But researchers at Rutgers University have found there are about 1,900 species of insects that are not only edible, but highly nutritious. Apparently there's a lot of protein in them. Not just that. Healthy fats, fiber, vitamins, and essential minerals in addition to protein. Well, I'm still not eating them. <laughs> <laughs> not even with a little maybe hot sauce or And anything. I'm not eating them on purpose. Apparently there are little pieces of insect and peanut butter and almost everything well, yeah, there's else. The, you know, they say there's those acceptable levels that health inspectors have in any yeah, kind of They're not food. acceptable to me, but I can't do anything about no, it. No, nothing you, know? <laughs> you can do unless you want to start making your own food. Anyway, go ahead. study was published in a recent edition of the journal Molecular Biology and Evolution. Some irresistible pancakes led a dog to cause a house fire in Massachusetts. The family placed some leftover pancakes on the stove, and their golden retriever just had to have them. The family submitted a home security video to the Southwick Fire Department showing their dog fetching the pancakes and accidentally igniting the stove. Moments later, the whole kitchen was engulfed in flames, which prompted the alarm to go off. Firefighters were able to put the flames out before the fire spread to the rest of the house. The dog made it out okay. Dog's in the doghouse now. Uh, I would imagine so. (laughs) And I'm sure they'll be a little more careful about leaving food out in the future. Yeah, but pancakes, pretty irresistible. To a dog? Absolutely. To me. Well, I mean, to most of us. To a big dog like me, absolutely. Or just give the dog some... 
give the dog a pancake for crying out loud. Put one on the floor. Yeah. There's got to be know. another approach to if this. If it's yeah. anything like my dog, though, it doesn't matter if they've already had one. If there are any left, <laughs> they will point. continue to eat until they're all gone. Might just encourage him more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably right. What else is going on? Well, Facebook is looking to hire an extraterrestrial product manager as it plans to deliver internet access from the sky. According to a recent job posting, the position requires experience taking novel communication and aerospace systems from early development phases to productization and industry infusion. This uh, p- person would work in Facebook's connectivity research department. They want to start, uh, they're looking into technologies that include free space optical communication. Um, like Google and other rivals, Facebook wants to deliver services with communication systems that use more than just wired and wireless services based here on Earth. They want to start being able to deliver services from space. So you don't have to be an extraterrestrial. I did. I didn't. I thought I misunderstood that right off the top. Uh, maybe you need to know one. I don't know why they have <laughs> extraterrestrial in the title, but uh. it's crazy. <laughs> well, I think the technology is considered extraterrestrial. Oh, now oh. I see. You don't but have to have three arms. You to see, do the I'm job not Facebook literate. We already discussed that and admitted to that earlier this hour. I, what we were talking. But about. I wonder how many aliens will apply. You know, probably we'll think it's a lot. For them. Yes, there you go. We'll keep you up to date (laughs) on that. (laughs) WFLA News Time now is 8.36. You can read these stories and a lot more at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando continues right now. Absolutely it does. And, Tom, thank you so much. Tom Alexander uh, bringing us the news this morning. Deb's off for a couple of days. And uh, he set the table very well for our live report from News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Bill Zimfer, who's all over the big slide on Wall Street. And what's going on with the futures and the worldwide markets here? We got into this in great detail earlier in the show, but some of you were not with us. And uh, if you're kind of in panic mode or wondering what in the world is happening and what you need to do or not do if you are invested in stocks, stay with us. Bill Zimfer always brings his A-game, and he will be with us here in just a moment. The headline here and across the land, the biggest one-day point loss in history for the Dow Jones Industrials and a frightening day on Wall Street, I think particularly for just the average Joe who's invested in stocks, you know, and wondering what in the world happened? Why did it happen? What should I do or not do in reaction to what has transpired in recent trading sessions? All over the story, as he is for most of the big stories here, our fine News Radio 1025 national correspondent, Bill Zimfer, back with us on the Wall Street beat this morning. Bill, thank you for making time for us. We appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure, Bud. And uh, the, the decline on Wall Street probably isn't over yet. I think we're, we're looking at another rough day ahead today, and my advice for everyone is to uh, relax and, and ignore it. Uh, all the experts are saying that this is a correction that is long overdue on Wall Street. There are a number of factors involved on this, but it, unless you are retiring today and planning to withdraw all of your money from your 401K, uh, I wouldn't worry about it. All right, so we were at one point down well over the 1,175-point drop that we wound up with at the closing bell, right, Bill? 
Absolutely. Down 1600 at one point yesterday uh, before it did recover. Uh, foreign markets uh, responded in like uh, uh, fashion today. In Asia, down about 5%. European markets, not as bad, down about 2% today. And the futures for Wall Street today, again, looking at a loss of several hundred points on the Dow. Uh, so before everything stabilizes, we're, we've got a little bit more to go here. Uh, a couple of factors involved, mm-hmm. uh, and not the least of which, Bud, is the fact that uh, this is, we've seen this go up 40% since President Trump was elected, uh, the financial markets. And a lot of people got involved in the stock market uh, because they wanted to be part of these gains. So there was kind of an artificial inflation of the stock market to begin with, uh, overlooking economic factors and everything. So an adjustment was in place just if you look at that. Then Friday's job report sparked uh, fears of inflation when the word came out that there is wage growth in the job report. So inflation causes bond rates to go up. You got a whole cycle of things going on then. Is the threat, is the Fed going to raise interest rates? Right. Once that all kicks into gear, it results in a decline in the stock market. It all came together at the same time. Yeah, I'm glad that you have found the same thing we have found investigating here, that all of the experts, and experts can be wrong with this kind of thing, are yep. saying we're looking at a correction, not a catastrophe. Yeah, a crash, no. Correction, yes. And uh, this is something that should be short-term. We should begin to see it stabilize later this week at a a more acceptable level where it probably should have been. All right. Before you go, Bill, forgive the blindside hit, but in another life years ago, you were the voice of the Miami Dolphins in the National Football League and one of the best. And I know you're a football fan now to this day, just as I am. Your quick take on that Super Bowl with the Eagles finally outlasting the Patriots. Just incredible. I mean, uh, a lot more offense than any of us expected in that game, uh, but still, uh, the way that the Philadelphia Eagles were able to come back time and time again uh, after the Patriots uh, took a lead in the second half of the game, right. uh, the resilience of the Eagles was just amazing, and an incredible win that will really ch- change the city of Philadelphia uh, forever. Their first ever Super Bowl victory, they've now got that Lombardi trophy they've been after for so long. Incredible. Yeah, absolutely, and you had an opportunity to watch one of the best at the quarterback position in Dan Marino with the Dolphins. How about Tom Brady losing a game in which he throws for over 500 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions? Unbelievable. And you know what? I always said that once a quarterback reaches a certain age, including Dan Marino, uh, you begin to see the skills erode. Boy, I haven't seen it with Tom Brady yet at 40 years old. Except he's not much of a wide receiver, as we found out of that one ah, play, right? Yeah, you got, <laughs> there's something he can't do. There you go. Bill Zim for News Radio 1025 National Correspondent. We always appreciate it when you're on. Good morning, Orlando. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks, bud. You too. All right, good deal. We have the update now on the tragic death of a National Football League player from the Indianapolis Colts, killed over the weekend in a traffic accident. We now know that he was killed by a twice-deported illegal alien driving drunk. If you haven't heard the update, stay with me. You will. Ask any Trump-hating Democrat, ask the likes of Nancy Pelosi, what President Trump's immigration reform proposals are all about, and they'll tell you it's all about he doesn't like brown people and black people. He wants fewer of them here. He wants to make America white again, as Pelosi outrageously said recently. I wonder what folks who think that way would think about the update on the tragic death of a professional football player in the state of Indiana in a traffic accident over the weekend. We're talking about Colts linebacker Edwin Jackson, who, by the way, 
is black. He and a black Uber driver were both killed when a man drove his truck into an emergency shoulder on the highway and plowed into their vehicle. Okay? Both the victims are black. First thing we learned was that it looked like it was a DUI, and indeed it is. 0.15, nearly twice the legal limit. But since then, we have learned through the investigative reporting of some media outlets in Indiana that um, what we had here were a couple of African Americans killed by a twice-deported Guatemalan illegal alien who was driving drunk. Alex Cabrera Gonzalez, age 37, thrown out of this country twice and came back, as so many do. He was using an, a, 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 an alias. He may have been deported even more than twice. He was intoxicated, was driving without a license. And we have two people dead, both black, one a player for the Indianapolis Colts. I wonder what the Trump haters who say this is really all about Trump's racism would say. I'll tell you what I would say to them or to any of you who might think like they think. President Trump is about the rule of law and about enforcing our laws and about protecting all Americans. Because the scourge of illegal immigration can affect people of all colors. If that illegal alien were out of this country permanently, as he would be under Trump immigration reform, those two young black men, the Uber driver and the pro football player, would be alive today. And you'd be able to thank the President Trump you hate that you think is a racist. And he clearly is not. Anyway, I had more time for commentary earlier on. Yaffe's got a couple of hours in prime time on WFLA tonight. Tell us about it. Yes, I'm on 8 to 10 p.m. tonight. Once again, I am the voice of reason in a world that is beyond reason. That's tonight, 8 to 10, and we'll be back tomorrow morning from 6 to 9 with my take and yours on the hottest topics out there every day from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful day. For Tom, who's in for Deb, for Yaffe, for Steph, the Budman here. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America.